Welcome to Wannabe Clutter Free, formerly Wannabe Minimalist, the podcast for busy families who are tired of the chaos, fed up with being overwhelmed, and ready to enjoy life again. Each week, we talk about how to let go of the clutter so that you can focus on the things that actually matter. And it's not just physical clutter. We talk about the mental and emotional stuff too, because if it's holding you back, it's time to ditch it. I share what I've done in my own life to declutter, organize, and calm the chaos, but you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's practical, doable, and simple for those of us that want to be clutter-free. You know how life doesn't stick to a schedule? Well, why should your paycheck? That's where Earn In comes in. It's an app that lets you access the money you've earned right when you need it, not just on payday. Imagine this, your dog suddenly needs a vet or your kid has a little accident and needs a dentist, ASAP. We've been there and waiting for your payday in those situations just doesn't make sense and it adds unnecessary stress. With Earn In, you can pull up to $100 per day or up to $750 each pay period directly from your earnings without the crazy fees or interest rates. It's super simple. Download the Earn In app, verify your paycheck, and get access to your earnings as you earn them. You decide what to tip, and whatever you use gets settled on your next payday. More than 3.5 million users are finding relief and a sense of security with Earn In, calling it a lifeline for financial stability. That peace of mind, it's priceless, and it could be yours. Ready to give it a try? Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Clutter under Podcast when you sign up. It'll really help out the show. That's Clutter under Podcast. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Welcome to the Wannabe Minimalist Show, episode number 23. Today's episode will be discussing why you need a stop doing list, what the heck a stop doing list is anyway, and how it's different from your average to-do list. Hey, you want to be minimalist friends. I'm your host, Deanna Yates, and this is the third episode in a trilogy of topics that I discussed as a Facebook Live within my private wannabe minimalist group. If you want first dibs at this kind of content, then head over to Facebook and join my group. It's totally free, and you can find us by clicking on the link in the show notes or by searching for wannabe minimalist on Facebook. Either way, I look forward to seeing you there. Let's get to it, shall we? So today, I want to talk about why you need a stop doing list. Now, have you ever heard of a stop doing list? Most of us probably haven't. You know, we are told about to-do lists and we make to-do lists and we try to make these lists to keep ourselves organized. And in some ways, this is the opposite of a to-do list, but it really is a way for you to be more organized and more intentional with your time. And that is one of the things that I find the most important. So I want to talk about this today. Um, and how it compares to a traditional to-do list. Now, a traditional to-do list is a running tally of things we need to complete in the day, um, anything that you have to do on any given day. And I'm not gonna say that all to-do lists are bad. They're not inherently bad. But the pedestal that we have set to-do lists on, that we've created around this idea Um, that we need to be busy and that this almighty to-do list is the one thing that's going to get us there, well, we need to break that down. We need to chop down that pedestal. We need to burn it to the ground and really get some perspective. So that is what today is all about. 
Now, recently I discussed why it's time to throw out your to-do lists, and if you haven't heard that, I wanna take a minute just to do a quick recap. So first, your to-do list does not prioritize. When you make a to-do list, you simply just write down anything that's in your head or anything that you need to get done that day. I mean, perhaps it's just a running list. I've had those before. In my notebook, I just keep a running list of things that pop up or ideas that come up for the business. And that's not a bad thing, but it doesn't prioritize. It doesn't tell me what I need to do first. And there's no rhyme or reason to the order in which we put these things on this list. Now, think about a to-do list that you might have. You know, is there one you're currently working off of? Which is the most important thing on that task? Uh, which is the most important task on that list, sorry. Do you know? Do you have it designated? Is it at the top of the list? Is it highlighted? Is it bold? Does it have stars around it? Do you know what the most important thing is on your to-do list? Is there one way, one thing that would make anything else easier on that list? How do you know? Without a way to make sense of the items on your list, you will not be able to discern that. You will not be able to decide which is the most important. And so the reality is that this to-do list really doesn't help us as much as we've been told or sold that it would. The second reason that we need to reevaluate our to-do list is because your to-do list doesn't care about the same things you care about. Now, this one was controversial last time I said it, and I totally understand. It's really hard to get your head wrapped around this one because you're the person that made your to-do list. So what do you mean it doesn't care about the same things you care about? Of course it does. You put it together. You're the one that created it. Nobody else put these things on this list. But just because it made the list doesn't mean that it's the best thing for you. It doesn't mean that it has your interests or your long-term goals in mind. Most to-do lists are created just out of our daily chaos and the fact that we are running from one thing to another and just trying to put out these daily fires. They're not because we are looking long-term. And so rarely do these to-do lists move the needle. Rarely do they push us forward toward our long-term goals. You know, and putting off these bigger tasks in exchange for putting out those daily fires is what creates more chaos and just mental strain and adds expenses into our daily lives. So that's the reason number two I want us to get rid of our to-do list because it doesn't really care about the same things we care about. And the third thing is that your to-do list never ends. That's the nature of a to-do list. Have you ever checked off all the things on your to-do list? If so, lucky you. I have not. It has definitely not been something that I have been super successful at. And for me, that to-do list and the fact that it was just always replenishing itself, I mean, it was like the villain in a superhero movie, right? You think you nailed it, you think you've gotten rid of it, and it just comes back. And it's always coming back. And I felt like I was never getting ahead. And it's because that's the inherent nature of that to-do list, that there is always something else to do. When you check something else off, there's usually something else you have to add to that list. And it's just so mentally draining. And on one hand, you feel really happy and productive and you feel like you're getting stuff done. And then the other hand, you have the sinking feeling inside that you will never be caught up. You'll never be able to relax. You'll never feel accomplished. And so these three reasons are why we must create the right routines for you, yourself and for your family and why I want to share this idea about a stop doing list. So let's just take a minute. Now, the reason most people make a to-do list is because they want to reach a goal or they want to better themselves in some way. 
right? So let's take a look really quick at some of those things that we tell ourselves, things we tell ourselves we need or that we have to be or that we want in order for ourselves to be happy. You know, these are things like a clean house that's clutter-free, an awesome and fulfilling career that we love, you know, a job that we love that pays the bills and we just feel great going to, a balanced budget with plenty of money in the bank, kids who are happy, healthy, smart, talented, smiling all the time, a loving and passionate relationship with your partner that gives us butterflies every day, an active social life with our friends and our loved ones that constantly brings us joy, a deep spiritual connection that allows us to feel abundant all the time. Oh, and of course we wanna look amazing in a swimsuit while doing all of this stuff, right? Now, here's the truth. Those might be our goals. And I'm not saying these are bad goals. These are amazing goals. I mean, if we all had that life, oh my gosh, we would, we'd be super happy, I think. Um, that's at least all we say we want, but none of us can do all of that. I just don't think it's possible. We only have 24 hours in a day. And in order for us to excel in one area of our life, another area is inevitably gonna suffer. And that's okay, that's not a bad thing. This idea that we have a balanced life is a lie that we tell ourselves, and it really holds us back. You know, even those people that seem to be amazing at everything and really seem to have it all together, they probably feel inadequate in some area of their life. And if they don't, I can almost guarantee you that they have a fabulous team behind them making it all appear so effortless. So these are things like having a house cleaner come in and help you keep your house clean. That's okay. I mean, if that is a reality that you can afford right now, do not feel guilty about that. Delegating tasks to your kids, that is not something that's bad. I mean, sometimes it's easier for us when we just start that way, you know, just to do it ourselves. It's just easier if we just do it. We know it'll get done right. It'll be done faster this time. We don't want to deal with the nagging and the hassle and the crying and the stress and the fighting, but that doesn't make it easier in the long run. That makes it easier right now. But these are things that we can add to our stop doing list. So let's get to look at that. It's the one tool that we can use to really get our priorities in order. The stop doing list, it's a gentle reminder of the stuff that we do every day that doesn't matter. And so I'm proposing that there are a few things that we can stop doing immediately. I'm going to name five things. We can stop doing these things today. It really will help your life move in the direction you want it to. So number one, stop apologizing. Oh, this one was a big one for me. For years, my husband tried to open my eyes to this and it took me that long to overcome it. Now, when we say sorry and it becomes a habit, it really loses its meaning and it's harder to apologize when we actually need to. But more than that, saying sorry all the time really minimizes our own self-worth because often we're apologizing for just taking up space, for just being here and and having our own needs and our wants and our desires. And when we do that, we subconsciously tell ourselves that we are less important than someone else. And honestly, that just needs to stop. You are important, you are worthy, and you deserve all of the happiness that you open yourself up to. So that's number one, stop apologizing. Number two is stop saying yes immediately. Now, I am a people pleaser, so I want to be liked. I want to say yes all the time. I want to be helpful and I want people to be able to turn to me. And just because I've stopped saying yes to everything doesn't mean that I'm letting people down. So 
I used to say yes to pretty much anything people asked me to do. Even if it totally stressed me out, I said, come hell or high water, I'm going to figure this out. Now, I have learned to set better boundaries because once I was saying yes to everything, I could never do anything well. I couldn't, I couldn't do it all. It's just true. You cannot do it all. So if this is something that you struggle with, this is going to be your new favorite phrase. Whenever anybody asks you anything, anything at all, you say, let me check my schedule. That's it. Super simple. Let me check my schedule. Now, this gives you time to make a more level-headed decision. And this way, you don't feel pressured when people are around you. They're looking at you. They're staring at you. They're saying, okay. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the no guilt mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent with sometimes hilarious and always thought provoking experts and friends at Mindful Mama. We know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. I asked you, now what? You can say, let me check my schedule. Gives you a minute to take a breath. Even if you look at your phone right there, even if you say, oh my gosh, this is something I totally wanna do. If you get yourself in that habit, you can say, oh, let me check my schedule. Looks like I'm free, yes, let's do it. Because if it's not a heck yes or something you really wanna do, you should say no. Because in the end, if you say something out of obligation, it will just grate at you and you will do it with a, a slightly bitter heart. If it's something you decide that you don't want to do, that it's an obligation and it's just not something that fits in with your long-term goals for yourself and your family, you can say, you know, that sounds fun, but I can't seem to fit it into the schedule right now. Things are crazy. And usually that's true. Now, right now, the good news is that we are all stuck at home. Nobody's asking us to do anything. Nobody's asking us to get together on the weekends or join a soccer team or you know, be part of a potluck or any of these things. So right now, it's a great opportunity to take a breather and start practicing this phrase. And if this is something that you struggle with, honestly, practice with your spouse. Practice with your kids. Your kids love role-playing. I mean, they want to play house all day or, you know, play superheroes, whatever. So they'll they'll play along with this. So you can just ask them to, you know, join on in and be like, mommy has a game to play today. And they'll have fun with it. So practice because there will be a time when the shelter in place order is lifted and there will be a time when we get back to our busy schedules and being able to say, let me check my schedule will save you so much headache and time. I promise this one is gold. So that's number two. 
Stop saying yes immediately. Number three, stop checking your cell phone all the time. Again, a lot of these come from things I used to do. So I am not harping on you to do anything that I have not done myself. Um, but I have a really interesting statistic to share. Um, the latest research shows that the average person spends five hours a day, five hours a day on their phone. That's a lot. I mean, hands down, your cell phone is your biggest time suck right now. I mean, think about it. Facebook, Instagram, Candy Crush, Pinterest, email. What else are you doing on there? I mean, these are all things that just suck you down that rabbit hole and waste your time. I've had to delete games off of my phone because I do get addicted. And so I will, I've had to delete things and it's been a super time saver for me. But just think about that five hours a day. Now, if you grow up in this cell crazed world that we all live in now, that means the equivalent of 16 years of your life will be spent on your cell phone. 16 years. That's how long it takes your children to grow up and drive a car. 16 years. That is insane. Now, if you don't think you spend that much time on your phone, you can see for yourself. Download the Moment app. It's free. You can put it on your phone and it will tell you where you spend your time. You also can um, restrict different um, apps for different times. So you can turn off social media for different times. You can turn off games. Uh, it's really helpful. So I highly recommend that. Um, but I knew my cell phone was a problem when my daughter started acting up. You know, she was progressively vying for my attention and since I have put more of a limit on my cell phone time, it's definitely helped. And so I, it was a big problem for me. And now with this homeschooling and working and all of our family time all jumbled up and kind of 24-7, having some boundaries has really helped. So when you start to struggle, think about that 16 years and I highly doubt that at the end of your life, you are going to want to look back and say that your legacy was spending 16 years scrolling endlessly through Facebook, right? All right. So number three, stop checking your cell phone all the time. Number four, stop shopping for good deals. The good news is that this shelter in place order has helped with this too. But you know, when you find a good deal at the store, do you jump all over it? Well, most of us do. That's why sales work. Um, you know, it can be very hard to pass up a buy one, get one free or a double coupon opportunity, especially when you think you might need it in the future. Now, unfortunately, more often than not, we just end up buying too much. That's why we still need to declutter our homes and we have all of this stuff shoved in closets and drawers and under our beds and our garages. We can't even park in them because we buy too much stuff. Now, that's often because something is a good deal. In the end, though, we're not saving money when we have a closet full of cheap clothes we don't wear or food filling our pantries that we don't get to eat because it expires. And so we're still wasting money because we're still spending, even if something is less than it would have been. Because you still had to spend that dollar or $2 or $5 that you didn't need to spend in the first place. Now, right now is a really good time to look at our spending habits. With most stores closed, you know, we're not window shopping. We're not going in and browsing and, and being enticed to buy something. You know, 
It's also a good time to unsubscribe from those sales emails that you're getting because again, just limit the temptation. When you're shopping, when we get back to shopping, you know, commit to sticking to only buying things on your shopping list. Yes, even if it's 70% off, even if you have a double coupon, even if it will be super cheap. If it's not on your list, don't get it. For example, if I go to the store and I'm looking for cereal, milk, and batteries, I am not going to go down the magazine aisle or go down and get a candle. I need to be very cognizant about what I'm buying. If it didn't make it on the list, it wasn't important enough to get this time around. And so that is, you know, one of the ways we can stop shopping. And I I do show you how to set up... um, you know, online grocery shopping in my new course, Automate Your Home, uh, Put Your Routines on Autopilot. And it is amazing how just that one tip really has saved us so much money and time. Um, But honestly, just by passing up these deals, you are gonna be able to, you know, really make good headway here and it's a great place to start. And the fifth thing I wanna talk about is the stop doing it all on your own. Now, do you feel comfortable asking for help? Most of us don't, I myself, would prefer to do things on my own. If I could do everything on my own, it'd be fantastic. I'm definitely a DIYer. I definitely have my own things and I like to do things my own way. But we have been sold a lie that we need to be superwoman and that asking for help is a sign of weakness, but it's not true. Take a minute and think about how great you feel when you can help somebody out who truly needs it. Doesn't it feel great? Doesn't it make you feel like a wonderful human being? Well, you are depriving people of that feeling when you don't ask for help when you need it. And I'm not saying you need to be a damsel in distress and always feign that you need help when you don't. But if you do need help, ask for it. People want to help and people feel good when they help. And so, you know, we often feel embarrassed or ashamed to ask for assistance, but that's just not the case. People don't look at us like a charity case when we need a little bit of help. And it can be something as simple as asking a neighbor for a babysitting exchange or, you know, asking your kids to take on some more chores or asking your husband for help. You know, with this whole stay at home thing, my husband and I have had to work out a new schedule. And that means that Tuesday, Thursdays, he has school in the morning. You know, he does our schooling and I do it on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And it gives us time to work uninterrupted and it has been amazing. So, you know, even though we would like to do everything on our own, it is unrealistic and we need to give ourselves grace around that and we need to understand that that is okay and it's okay to give ourselves a break and ask for help when we need it. So tip number five was to stop trying to do everything on your own. Well, I hope that gave you some new ideas when it comes to to to-do lists and stop doing lists. And now I want to ask you, what are you putting on your stop doing list? I want to be in your corner cheering you on as you commit to stop doing whatever it is on your list. Come on over to my free private wannabe minimalist group on Facebook and share your thoughts from today's episode. Go ahead and comment on the live video or the link for this podcast episode. The group is totally free and you can find us by clicking on the link in the show notes or by searching for wannabe minimalist on Facebook. I want to meet you there and connect with you. Before I sign off, I do want to leave you with one little bit of advice um, and I know it can be hard to stop doing. You know, we live in this culture where being busy is equated with being important and being productive. So it is so easy to mistake motion for action. But if you aren't making progress toward those long-term goals, then you're just spinning your wheels.
That wraps up today's episode. I'm actually going to be taking a couple weeks off from this podcast and will be returning in May with more simple and intentional living ideas, decluttering tips, and thoughts on how to successfully live with less. Until then, stay healthy, sane, and safe. Cheers. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.